0: Hello and welcome to another podcast brought to you by Life Community Church, Lemington Spa. Recorded at one of our Sunday morning services, we hope this message inspires, equips and encourages you to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Wonderful. Well, we're starting today um, our brand new six-part series uh, looking at the book of Colossians, one of my favorite books in the New Testament. I'm um, calling this series called Rooted. And The tagline is "Grow deep, live tall." Grow deep, live tall. Colossians, and um, I've been really looking forward to speaking on Colossians. Um, we did Ephesians last year, and uh, every now and again we go through a book of the, the New Testament. There's not enough time to go through verse by verse everything, but we're going to do a whistle stop tour through the book over the next sort of six sessions, um, with a few specials thrown in. Um, rooted. Um, just a. Uh, I don't know about you, we're in a living in uncertain times, aren't we? You know, and uh, we've just had our, the big political vote, which has left a, a time of uncertainty and, and, and people's minds instability. But you know what? God saw that coming, didn't He? It was like, oh no, suddenly it's a hung, hung parliament. You know, God saw that coming. And um, I believe, passionately, whatever, this isn't a party political broadcast for any party, so relax. But people are watching to see, as Christians, how we respond. God has given us a voice, and we can, uh, we can put up for our, 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 our arguments, etc., for our, for our beliefs. But also God is, wants our speech to be seasoned with salt. We've got to, we call it to be salt and light. And God are, uh, people are watching how we respond. So let me encourage us to remember that God is on the throne. God doesn't seek re-election like the Conservative Party did. God doesn't, doesn't need that. But how we respond in faith, and how we respond with other people, and how we articulate ourselves about the results—let's be people of faith. Amen. Let's be people of faith. That's that's that—not pollute, but put into the atmosphere words of positivity and more importantly, hope, because God is on the throne. We don't know how it's going to pan out. The Conservatives are trying to do um, form a, a, a coalition. We don't know how it's going to work out. It doesn't matter. God knows. God knows. The whole thing about Brexit, God knows. This isn't a sort of pie in the sky thing. Yes, we're praying for, and one of the things we've got to do as, as believers, we've got to pray for our politicians. God has called us to pray for our politicians. Let's keep praying for those of authority. Even if the, a party gets into, uh, on the, uh, into parliament who we haven't elected, voted for, God still calls us to pray for them. Amen? How can we expect good to come when we're not praying? So that's... You know, God really wants good things to come and to happen, and nothing has taken him by surprise. And that leads us nicely into this whole series of, called Rooted, Grow Deep, Live Tool. All about thinking about who Jesus is. If the book of, of Ephesians is about the church of Christ, the book of Colossians is all about the Christ of the church. And today I just want to share a few thoughts, which hopefully to lift our gaze back onto who Jesus Christ really is. Um, just a. Uh, I'm, I don't know if you're like me, but I'm, uh, if, if I'm looking for something, let's say I'm in the fridge and I'm looking for the jam. I'm saying to, I've got the fridge door wide open, and I'm saying to Leanne, um, where's the jam? She says, it's in the fridge. Anyone like that? It's in the fridge. I can't see it. It's in the fridge. And it's just at the moment she's coming through the kitchen to show me where it is, I spot it. It's in the fridge. And she does that time and time again. In fact, in the household, you know, she even, um, even the kids are ridiculing me now. Yeah, but I got my own back because Leanne has just started doing a Who's her? Davina McCall. The, uh, she just got a fitness video out, it's called a Fit in 15. So if you, if you exercise for 15 minutes a day, apparently you can get as fit as Davina McCall. So Leanne's been trying this out. And it's it's working. It's doing well. And uh, she normally does it on the the DVD player onto the TV. But recently, she's been doing it onto her laptop um, on the the PC screen, on the laptop screen. But the other day, I got calls. Dave, Dave, can you help me out? I'm just doing something. Dave, Dave, can you help me out? Okay. Someone to help her out. She says, Dave, I cannot for the life of me work out why this DVD isn't playing. I says, well, okay. So did my little checks. Checked it okay. I found out why the DVD wasn't playing. Do you know why the DVD wasn't playing? Do you know why Fit in 15 wasn't working? She hadn't put the DVD into the laptop. Can I hear an amen? <laughs> You've got to put the DVD in the laptop. And I say that because it's... I feel justified. And for those listening on podcasts, yeah, you can hear me too. Um, no, it's because it's easy to play the blame game, isn't it? It's really easy to, to point the finger... But as I've always been told, if you point the finger, guess how many fingers you've got pointed back at you? Three. And it's easy to point, play the blame game. And in reality, in all of our lives, there are, we, we can be quick to, to judge, quick to point the finger. But the reality is, you know, who are we to judge? Who are we to point the finger? Maybe in our, in our marriages, maybe there's a time when your, your partner just wish they would do something. You're asking them to do for, for months, for years. And you just can't change them and they're frustrating you. And you blame them. Is there a question? Is there, can you can be helped to? Maybe in your working lives, your boss, if only they would change. Your colleagues, if only they would pull their weight. Whatever it is. In the election. Oh, that party, this party. They've done this, they promised this. But have they delivered? In every area of our lives. Maybe as students, that, that lecture you've got. If only you could teach me better. There's different areas of our lives where, if only, if only, and it's easy to point the finger and to apportion blame. But if today we could learn something that could help us to refocus, that we are slower to point the blame remembering some key things, wouldn't you want to hear that? That can help us the next time we want to point the finger. We'll perhaps be slower to do that because of some key things. So we're looking in the Book of Colossians um, today, and uh, and. I've just got this this thought today, which is simply, if Jesus is worthy, walk worthy. If Jesus is worthy, walk worthy. Worthy means if something is of worth, if something is of value, if something is esteemed, if Jesus has all that, then maybe there's a requirement, if we're a Christian here today, to walk a life that is truly worthy. If you're here today, If you're a guest, and welcome here to Life Community Church. If you're listening on podcasts um, or you're here today and you're not yet a Christian, then in a sense today, you're off the hook. Today, you've got permission to tune in to hear what it is that believers, Christians, are called. What sort of life they're called to live as believers of Jesus Christ. And it's a a challenging walk. If Jesus is worthy, walk worthy. So turn with me in your Bibles, if you have them, it will be on the screen, to Colossians chapter 1. And verse 1. And we're looking at the first 23 verses today. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, and Timothy our brother, to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ who are in Colossae. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. This, this letter, this, um, this four-chapter letter is written by the Apostle Paul. Apostle Paul was a follower of Jesus Christ. He became a, a follower of Jesus Christ on the road to Damascus. He became blinded and God spoke to him and he converted to, um, to Christ- Christianity or the way as it was called back then. And Paul's written um, half of the, of the New Testament and he's written this, this wonderful letter. Who's ever received a letter before? To receive a handwritten letter Paul wrote this letter and sent it to um, a church in Colossae to be read also in a church in Laodicea. And if you've read ever seen a letter, it's nice to be received a, a handwritten letter, isn't it? These days we receive a lot of emails and messages and electronic, but to receive a handwritten letter is so wonderful. And that was obviously the, 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 mean, the mode of communication back in the day. So Paul has written this letter. And we read, carry on in verse 3. We give thanks to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's thankful. Why is he thankful? Praying always for you, for this church in Colossae. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of your love for all the saints, because of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, of which you heard before in the word of truth of the gospel, which has come to you as it has come to all the world and is bringing forth fruit, as it is also among you since the day you heard and knew the grace of God in truth. As you also learned from Epaphrodus, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf, who has also declared to us your love in the Spirit. We're going to pause it there. Pause right into this church in Colossae. Colossae was a, uh, was a city which, once upon a time, was a, 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 was a, a huge um, influential city, uh, nearing Ephesus, nearing Laodicea and Hierapolis, but now it's a sort of a, become a second-rate market town, So it's not living in the bygone days, it's still a sort of an influential place, it still has a, a, a part in the trade routes, but it's lost its main influence, and he's writing to this church in Colossae, Paul has never visited at this time Colossae, but a, a, a mentor of his, Epaphrodus, has. Epaphadus became a Christian, got converted under Paul's ministry, and then Paul spent time equipping him, teaching him, discipling him, and then went back to his hometown and started a church. Isn't that amazing? Off his own back, no big shot, but started a church. And Paul was writing to this church, the church in Colossians, and saying, I'm so thankful for you. I'm so thankful for the news that I've heard of of everything about you. But the reasons for Paul writing his letters we'll hear throughout the series is firstly for Paul to acknowledge that he knows of this church and he's thankful and he's praying for them on a daily basis, but also to say, hey, I've heard some, some bad things, some challenging things, some things that you're hearing, some teaching that's coming amongst you which um, isn't helpful, isn't good, and I want to just help you to understand how to think right, how to live right, and not to take heed to everything that you're listening to. Colossians is a, uh, a Gentile church. A Gentile is a church that are non-Jewish. Hands up if you're not Jewish here today. Okay, so you're a Gentile. So it's a Gentile church. And uh, so Paul is writing to them. And he goes on to say in verse 9, For this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you, And ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will. Everyone say knowledge of his will. In all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy. Say walk worthy. worthy. Of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for all patience and suffering with joy giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints of his light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of his love, in whom we have redemption through his blood, for the forgiveness of sins. We'll pause it there. God has called us to, to, to walk in the knowledge of his will. To walk in the knowledge of his will. To understand what God's will is for us as individuals, Us as a local church, us as part of the worldwide church, us as part of a a United Kingdom, Great Britain. God wants us to walk, know the knowledge of his will. In your job situation, in your marriages, whatever it is, God wants us to know the will of God. Why? That we, we may walk worthy. That we may walk worthy, that we may please Jesus Christ. But also, Paul writes in verse 11, that will be strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for all patience. Hands up if you know that we need pa- patience in life. If we're going to walk worthy, we need patience. We need patience. I, um, as I mentioned before, I was at one, once upon a time a, a part of a, an IT consultancy in Coventry. And uh, I was a, a team leader there and uh, part of a sort of a, a multi-million pound project. And um, it came to light one day that the boss of the office there in Coventry called me and had a bit of a meeting and um, basically he was about to take a course of action that was going to have a a negative effect to someone in the organisation. And uh, it was a a decision that was taken, in my view, quite flippantly, quite lightly and I listened to it and it was going to happen the next day. I went home, and I was troubled by this. And I was really, I didn't say anything at the time, but I was troubled by it, and and I more I thought about it, the more I became angry, the more I became cross about the course of action that was going to be taken. And I remember just kneeling, kneeling down in the lounge, just, just praying, God, God, this isn't right. Have you ever prayed those prayers? This isn't right, this isn't right, Lord. What do you want to do? And I ended up praying, God, is there anything you want me to do? After I prayed their prayer, I just knew that I knew that I knew. The next morning, I had to get in early and I had to talk to my boss and tackle him on the, on the subject. And I was not looking forward to it. So I went in the next day. And this, this thought, just, you know when it's a God thought, it's a thought often when you, you don't want to do it in the natural, and it's a thought that won't go away. Talk to your boss, talk to your boss. And I went in the next day, uh, got in up early, went in and uh, had a, a meeting with him. And I just said, look, what you had to do, is, it's just not right. I've been thinking about it overnight, and I'm just deeply challenged by it, and I don't think it's the right course of action. And what he said to me is, Dave, thank you, we do treat you. I treat you as like a part of the barometer of the company. And because you said this, we won't take this course of action. And I just thank God for that. That God wants us to walk according to his will. Sometimes walking according to his will will put us in situations where we don't feel comfortable, where we're putting ourselves out there. But God wants us to to please him by walking according to his will. In that situation, the outcome was great. It was favorable. But sometimes our outcome, by living to please God, by walking according to his will, doesn't get the outcome we want. Doesn't get the outcome we're praying for, hoping for. God, will you change the situation? But I've done X, I've done Y, I've done Z. And it hasn't had the outcome. And God says to live to please Him means to live to please Him. But we need to be strengthened. Why? Strengthened with patience. Or another word it says there is long suffering. Long suffering. Who likes to be patient? Who wants things now? We're in the now generation, aren't we? Getting impatient at microwaves. Or drive throughs yesterday. We want things now. Imminently. But God wants to put, put... He cares more about what's in us than what we can do for Him. He cares about our character. And in the patience, in the long suffering, in the waiting, is a fruit of the Spirit. That as we keep doing the right thing long enough and committing it to God, we can trust God to bring about the... the the result that he wants, living lives of submission to him. But he wants patience. And it says there, he's delivered us in the power of darkness, to conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. Thank you. Let's move on. Verse fifteen. Now about Jesus. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. Can I say this? Jesus didn't just turn up when he was born through the Holy Spirit through Mary. That wasn't the first time he was around. Jesus has always been around. He's always been around. It's part of what we call this this concept of the, the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Each person completely God, but each has their own personality it, you can't describe it using using human models because not everything falls falls short but jesus was part of the creation jesus spoke the word and the world was created the world was created the image of the invisible god all things were created through him and for him that's my jesus that's our jesus everything was created through him and for him This world is created through Jesus and for Jesus. And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. And he is the head of the body of the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, and in all things that he may have the preeminence. Jesus is the head of this church. If Jesus isn't the head of this church, we might as well go home. Jesus is the head of this local church, Life Community Church. Jesus is the head of the church worldwide. The, the metaphor is that we are the body. The church is the body, and Jesus is the head. And how can a body function without a, a, a head? You've seen a, a, those chickens when they chop the head off. It, you've heard the expression running around like a headless chicken. The, this body is going around in all sorts of directions, directionless. But Jesus is the head. Jesus is the head. But through everything, it might sound to you, well, that sounds a bit sort of self-serving. But Jesus should have the preeminence. Why? Because Jesus created us. He's created us to worship him. Do you know what? I'm so thrilled. Today, wasn't that a wonderful time of worship in God's presence today? Wonderful. Let's keep worshiping. Let's keep, as we spoke about a few weeks ago, that alabaster flask. Let's break the flask. Let it cost us. Let's worship Jesus. Keep worshiping Jesus. Why? Because He is worthy. He's worthy of our praise. And he needs to be the preeminence. He needs to be the priority of our lives. The priority of our lives. Thank you. Verse 19. For it pleased the Father that in him all the ful- fullness should dwell. And by him to reconcile all things to himself. By him whether things on earth or things in heaven. Having made peace through the blood of of his cross. And you who were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works. Yet now he has reconciled. Say, everyone say reconciled. reconciled. In the body of his flesh through death. Jesus has created planet earth. Jesus created us to have a relationship with him. To walk with him. To love him. To worship him. To do life with him. But mankind, humankind failed. We went our own way and sin came into the earth. Have you ever done a wrong thing? No. (laughs) We've all done things wrong. Said things done wrong, thought things wrong, etc. And so sin has come into the world. But Jesus came 2,000 years ago. He didn't have to, but through the Father's heart, he came planet earth was born of Mary through the power of the Holy Spirit a miraculous birth and came into planet earth and lived a sinless life sin is when we miss the mark miss God's best he he, he lived a life which pleased God didn't mess up and because he didn't didn't mess up what was the punishment for anything we've ever done wrong death so what happened Jesus died so that you and I do not ever have to die isn't that amazing Yes, we'll die in, in the, in the in earthly sense, but we are, we are born to live forever. Have you ever thought, whatever age we are, that we're born to live forever? We are wired to live forever. We're going to live forever. But where are we going to live forever? With Jesus or not with Jesus? And Jesus reconciled. It's a bit of a strange word, isn't it? Reconciliation. Have you ever been in debt, I'm not asking you to put any hands up, um, I've been in debt before. I've been in debt. Um, and uh, no matter what debt you're ever in, when it comes to financial money, whether it's a small debt or a big debt, it is a weight on your mind. I'm thankful to, to cap Christians Against Poverty, the ministries in the town and nationwide, and now internationally, uh, the, the, the ability and help to lift people out of poverty and out of debt. But when you're in debt, it is a weight on your mind. It really is. You you live day to day, but you constantly in the back of your mind you've got this thought of I owe someone money. Whether it's a company, a person, I owe someone money. And you might go to bed, and and debt affects people in different ways. Some people affect them ultimately; they might try and commit suicide. They live with depression. It can affect people in different ways. But it's there in the back of your mind. But if someone would say, look, here is the money for your debt. Their, mind, their, their weight of the, their mind will be lifted. CAP celebrate the fact that when people are lifted out of poverty and no longer are, are, have a debt, they become debt-free, Around the head office in, in Bradford, they ring a bell, they cheer, they clap, every time either someone becomes a Christian or someone comes out of debt, they ring the bell because someone's become debt-free and often the stories are told, they're just absolute t- tears of joy as people are released from that debt. That's reconciliation. Where well, you have a debt... You cannot afford to pay, and someone pays it on your behalf. Jesus did that for you and me. Jesus did that for you and me. We had a debt that we could not pay. The debt was we couldn't live up to God's standards. But Jesus died so that you and I don't have to die to pay the debt. He paid the debt for us. So all we need to say is, Jesus, I want to follow you. I want to follow you. I'm not perfect. Help me change my life. I want to Follow you. From this day, I want to change my mind. That's what we call repentance. Repentance is just a change of mind. I change from living to follow my own means, my own ambitions, but to follow you. To follow you. That's reconciliation. He is yet now he's reconciled in the body of his flesh to present you and blame, holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. If you are a follower of Jesus here today, you are holy and blameless. Holy means set apart. You're set apart to live for God. You're special. You're special. You're God's masterpiece. And you are blameless. Hear that, everyone. You're blameless. No one can hold an accusation against you. If you've said, God, forgive me of my sins, I want to live for you from this day forward. You are blameless. When God sees you, he doesn't see what you've done wrong. He doesn't see what you've done wrong 10 years ago, 15 years ago. In all of our lives, we've got closets. And in those closets are things that we've done wrong, maybe some things we're ashamed of or or don't like. Well, do you know what? If If you've become a follower of Christ, then Jesus says, what closet? What closet? You are free. You are redeemed. You are blameless. You are special. Stop living as if you've got a closet. Because Jesus has died to set you free. Jesus has died to give you a hope and a purpose. And he's died to get rid of all the shackles upon your life. So we can live for him. Free. Free. Now, does that mean you you won't mess up again? Of course you will. But keep short accounts. Say, God, forgive me for saying that. Forgive me for doing that. I want to live for you. And God forgives and wipes the slate clean. Now, in all honesty, with all that, sometimes the things we've done in our past life may have consequences. So someone that may have killed someone in a life and has come to faith in Jesus Christ, God says, you're forgiven, you're clean. But there's always a consequence for our sin, for our actions. So we have to live with those consequences. But we can live blameless before God. Isn't that amazing? So even if a, someone who's committed murder comes to Christ, Jesus and all the angels of heaven celebrate because someone has come to faith in Jesus Christ. And his debt has been reconciled. So rather than being, he owes someone something, he wants to live to please Jesus. His heart, their heart is being changed. If indeed, verse 23, you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, Steadfast means, means to remain under. Remain under the faith. Remain under the faith of your convictions. Remain under your passion to love Jesus and to serve Jesus and to live for him. Remain under it. And I'm not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard, which is preached to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister. If Jesus is worthy, we need to walk worthy. If Jesus is worthy, we need to walk worthy. It's all about who is Jesus to you. Who is Jesus to you? And I was just thinking about this. You and I don't need to hear any more messages. We don't really need to hear any more sermons. If we put into practice 5% of what we've already heard, we change the world. we change the world. Think about those early disciples, the apostles. They didn't have all the teaching or the sermons that you and I had. They changed the world because they lived according to their faith. They said, Let's, I'm going to, I, I, Jesus changed my life. I don't know everything. I'm going to put into practice those things that I've heard. I'm going to follow him. And they changed the world. If you and I could put into practice, if you and I could choose to walk worthy because Jesus is worthy, we will change the world. So how can we do this? There's three thoughts this this morning. Thank you. To walk worthy, remember three things. Number one, repentance brings reconciliation. Repentance just means to change your mind. To change your mind about what you're thinking about Jesus. If you can't remember a time when you said, Jesus, I'm sorry for my sins. I will choose to live for you, no longer for myself. If you've never prayed a prayer like that, you may have been around church for many years. That doesn't make you a Christian. Being born in a Christian country doesn't make you a Christian. There's got to be a transaction that takes place. A transaction where you say, Jesus, I choose to live for you. Maybe this could be a day when you can choose to follow Jesus. You can choose to say, Jesus, I choose to follow you. And have that reconciliation, the debt paid. When I came to faith, I said this so many times before, I just wept. Because it felt like a joy, a peace, a happiness. I was trying to fill with other things. just came into my life, a relationship with Jesus Christ. Today could be your day. Repentance brings reconciliation. Number two, to walk worthy, you need to remember who you are and whose you are. Who you are and whose you are. When you come to faith, you are no longer just Dave Bolton. You are Dave Bolton not you, me, <laughs> a child of God, you are a son or daughter of the King of Kings. The King of Kings does not need re-election like any party. He's always on the throne. And you belong to him. You belong to him. I uh, once had a, a, a mug, which a big mug, and I had a picture of a, of a dog, and it had two pairs of legs. And uh, in front of it was a little dog, and behind it was a, the, if you turned it around, was the, the backside and the, of, a, of a big dog. And it said on it, Meet my dad. You know, we may feel small sometimes. Some of us might struggle with insecurity of different things. But God Almighty loves you. Loves you. Loves you. Father God, He's your dad, He's your heavenly Father. And He has your back. There's nothing you could ever walk through or go through that God doesn't know about. Sometimes we go through the process of men, and it's painful. But God knows about that. And God can use our pain for the future. But God has got your back. God has got your back. Remember who you are and whose you are. We need to get rid of our thinking. We need to change our mode of thinking. It says, I'm just this, I'm just that. Some of us need to look in the mirror... And say, look, I bore yourself, you are a child of the king. You are blameless. You are holy. You are a man of God. You are a woman of God. You are anointed, that means set apart. You are precious. You are special. You are loved. It might sound crazy, but some of us need to talk ourselves up. The reality is, often faith comes to us. Faith comes to us in so many different times. When we hear a challenge, a message, faith comes to us, an opportunity of hearing something, and it resonates inside of us. But God wants us to come to faith. Faith comes to us, but we need to step, take a step towards God and come to faith. That means believing what God says about you. It means deciding to act differently, to think differently, to live differently, to come to faith. And we do that by remembering who you are and whose you are. A child of the King. And finally, Number three, choices count. Choices count. Every single day of our life, we have a choice to make. We have a choice to make. And God wants us to live to please him. Living to please Jesus is not easy. Because sometimes it means going against the throat, the flow, going against the the tide of current. God wants us to live to please him. Whatever. Aspect of life you find yourselves in, maybe in the business world or in the family world or, or you're, you're in education, whatever it is, whatever sphere, God wants you to have influence. But in your influence, be a positive influence to live to please Him. It's so easy when the tide of current comes against us to, to swim round and, and swim with the tide because going against the tide is hard. How does that look like? Well, it looks like the decisions we make, the actions we make, the way we speak. Is all important. The way we speak to our husbands and wives, to build up, not to pull down. That pleases Jesus. The way we talk about the election results, live to please Jesus. Have a voice, get your point across, but let it be seasoned with salt and light. So people know that you are a believer of Jesus by how you are responding. Be strong, have your own convictions, but please, Jesus. When your workplace is negative and everyone's criticizing someone, yes, it's not covering things under the carpet and hiding things under the table. Truth is truth. But remember, if we point the finger, we've got three things point back. Remember, let our speech be seasoned with salt, grace-filled. Let our actions be one. Represent as one we're following, the King of Kings. Our choices count. Let's live to please Jesus. If Jesus is worthy, God is calling every single one of us, if we're a Christian here today, to live worthy. Who thinks that's easy? But God has equipped us to live for him by the power of the Holy Spirit. He's not left us as orphans. We're not living in our own strength or given up years ago. God has equipped us. To live for him. we have just got to invite him into our day. Invite him into our decision making. Sometimes Jesus is the last person we think of. When we've got a big decision. A big business decision to take. Whatever it is. God wants us to involve him. He wants to involve him in every single part. And I dare to believe. That as a church. As part of the, the global church. That we could make a difference. That we could rise up and make a difference. If we choose to believe who we are. That we are rooted in. Rooted in Christ Jesus. God wants us to grow into maturity. That means growing deep and walking tall. God wants us to grow rooted, understanding who we are, whose we are, knowing we belong to the King. But to live for change. Dare to believe that your life can make a difference. Dare to believe your life can make a difference. Our lives collectively can make a difference. I just thought again and again, I just, I just think about the brevity of life. And I, I, it's almost like blink my eyes and the last 20 years have gone. It feels like that. You know what I mean? Blink my eyes a few more times, and I'll be with Jesus. Yes, we we live for the day to day. We want to enjoy life. But what am I doing? What can we do to really make a difference and to see God's kingdom come, God's will be done, and us growing, rooted and grounded in the faith? It's there to believe it. Amen. Let's pray. We hope that you enjoyed this message. For many more resources and for more information, visit our website at www.life-cc.org.